Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. We welcome you to First Baptist Church, and we are grateful that we can be together, whether it's here in person or those joining us online. If you are a guest on either of those places, here or there, we are grateful to have you with us. And if this is your first time with us, there is a welcome card in the pew pocket. If you would fill out that welcome card and then place it in the offering plate later in the service, then we will know that you have been with us. It always feels good to get an extra hour of sleep. So everybody should be ready to go this morning. And I was trying, and and in fact, I could kind of tell the energy in the room's pretty good. It's because of that extra hour. And I was trying to think, how can we do that every week? And it finally hit me. I could just go to bed an hour earlier, right? I mean, like, I, I could literally do that, but it's kind of hard to break habits, isn't it? It is good to be together, though, on this All Saints Day this day, or this All Saints Sunday, I should really say, this time that we reflect and remember and give thanks for those who have come before us, those examples of the faith, those who have shared God's love and God's life with us. And so we give thanks for them on this day. May we now join our hearts together to worship the living God. We remember, O oh God, the countless saints of history who have blazed trail courage through time. We remember, O oh God, the tender touch of loved ones, the example of heroes, the healing words of comforters, the remarkable acts of fearless ones. We remember, O oh God, the gentle strength of grandmothers. We remember, O oh God, 
the supreme love of Jesus, the blessing of his spirit, the reminder of his words, the sharing of his suffering, the glory of his resurrection, shone forth in the lives of his disciples, young and old, dead and living, articulate and silent, strange and familiar, brilliant and ordinary. We remember in every time and place the saints of God who has shown us the Lord. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us worship God with joy.
Bow with me in prayer. Holy and eternal Father in heaven, we bow our heads and bow our hearts in worship to you. We worship you because you love us. We worship you because you care for us. We worship you because you sustain us. We worship you because you provide for us. We worship you because you forgive us. We worship you because you save us. We worship you because you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. And you have restored us to yourself. We worship you for giving us your holy word. For it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, we worship you for giving us the seal and guarantee of our faith by the Holy Spirit. We worship you because you are our God. Oh, merciful Father, open our hearts and minds to your spirit right now. Open our hearts and minds to your holy word and teach us. Encourage us now and motivate us to serve others and to meet the needs of others. Oh God, Draw near to us as we draw near to you. In the name of Christ, we pray this prayer together. Amen. As we sing our first hymn this morning, I would remind you that we will not be singing stanza three. One, two, four, and five. For all the saints.
Let us read responsibly Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he hath founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, and do not swear deceitfully. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Revelation 21, 1 through 6a. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this, for the words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading comes from the book of John, chapter 11, 32 through 44. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 
Jesus began to weep. But some of them said, Could not he who have opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. It has been our tradition for some time now that on All Saints Sunday, we would remember and give thanks to those departed saints of First Baptist Church of Tryon and also give you an opportunity to offer aloud other names of saints in your life who aren't a part of this congregation who have been gone, who we have lost in this last year. I think one of the most difficult things about the pandemic is that it has kept us from being able to grieve with each other in the ways that we normally have. And even though we have been apart from each other physically much of that time, we have been with each other in the spirit. We have remembered each other and we have remembered those heartaches and we have shared them together in some ways, and I hope that this will be a way in which we can formalize that and do it as an act of worship. I'll begin by offering thanks for these saints departed from First Baptist Church of Tryon. Robert Bob Constance. <coughs> Nelson Bud Pace. Vernon Bubba Duesenberry. 
I now invite you to offer names aloud of saints departed over this last year from your own life and family. Fanny Sam and Grady Anthony. Those of you joining us on Zoom, if you have names to offer, you may unmute yourselves and do so at this time. <laughs> Let us take a moment then to be silent and to remember these saints and to give thanks for them. And then I will offer a prayer on our behalf. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, for Bob and Bud and Vernon, and for all of those names spoken aloud. We give you thanks, O oh God, for all the saints who ever worshipped you, whether it was in brush arbors or cathedrals wooden churches or cement meeting houses. We give you thanks, O oh God, for hands lifted in praise, manicured hands, hands stained with grease and soil, strong hands and hands gnarled with age. We give thanks for all of these sacred hands. We thank you, God, for hardworking saints, whether hard-hatted or aproned, blue-collared or three-piece suited. They left their mark for you, for us, for our children to come. Thank you for the sacrifices made by those who have gone before us. Bless the memories of all these saints. And may we learn to walk more wisely from their examples of faith, dedication, worship, and love. We give thanks, O oh Lord, that these saints rest with you now and forever. Amen.
find the English translation on the top of that third column in the order of worship. I'm going to invite you to say those words with me. Let's say them together. Merciful Jesus, who takest away the sins of the world, grant them rest. O Lamb of God, who takest away the sins of the world, Grant them eternal rest. Amen. In general, there are two ways to view life, to think about life. One is this is it. What you see is what you get. And when you die, it's all over. You live, and then you die. And when you die, you cease to exist. The end. That's one way. 
The other way is that this is not all that there is. That there is more to life than meets the eye. That when we die, it is not all over. That there is another life. That there is another world beyond this one. These are two fundamentally different ways to understand life. Christians obviously fall into that latter category. We believe that the end is not actually the end. We believe in the life to come. And sometimes because we believe in that, there are some who will who will kind of critique that belief. They will say that because we believe that there is more to come, that uh, because we believe in heaven, which is to say we believe in life with God, that because we believe these things, some will say that we are more interested in the next world than we are in this one. Some say that, not everyone, but sometimes that's a critique, and sometimes I have heard that critique put this way, and actually sometimes I have made that critique put this way, that some folks are so heavenly-minded they are of no earthly good. Johnny Cash, in fact, wrote a song about that called No Earthly Good. He wrote it back in the 70s, but he, re he recorded a different version of it, I think, in like 04, which is way better than the early version. And, and in that song, I'll just read you a couple of Cash's lyrics. He says, the gospel ain't gospel until it is spread. And by the way, he's critiquing that point of view from with inside the church, not from without, as some do. He's critiquing it as a fellow believer. He says, the gospel ain't gospel until it is spread. But how can you share it when you've got it in your head? There's, a, there's hands that reach out for a hand, if you would. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. If you're holding heaven, then spread it around. There's hungry hands reaching up from the ground. Move over and share the high ground where you stood. So heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I've heard this theology explained, and this is probably like the worst kind of so heavenly minded you're no earthly good theology. I've heard it said this way before. When, when thinking about being stewards of creation, when thinking about being stewards of the earth, I have heard people say, well, what difference does it really matter because God's going to destroy it anyway? What difference does it matter? God's going to destroy it anyway. That's a, that's a keen example of what I mean by so heavenly minded, no earthly good. And some may even read the text in Revelation that we just had, and they think that's what the text means by a new heaven and a new earth, that, well, you know, God's going to destroy it anyway and create a new one, so what difference does it make? So I will concede, I will concede that there can be a theology. There can be a theology that is so focused on heaven that it can actually be kind of hurtful, can be a, a real deficit and what it means to follow Jesus. But I want to say that is not the majority, that is not the majority theology from the Christian tradition. 
In fact, I would say anyone who has espoused such theology, it isn't that they're actually so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good, it's that they're actually not heavenly minded. They've misunderstood what it means. C.S. Lewis says it far better than I can. In Mere Christianity, Lewis says it this way. He says, a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking, but he says it's one of the things that Christians are meant to do. And it does not mean, he says, that we are to leave the present world as it is. In fact, he says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were those who thought the most of the next. Let me read that one one more time. He says, if you read history, you'll find out it is the very Christians who did the most for the present world who were those who thought about the next the most. And then Lewis says the problem is that we Christians have largely ceased to think about this other world, this next world, this life to come with God. And because we have forgotten to think about that, we have become ineffective in this world. And then Lewis kind of sums it up by saying, if you aim at heaven, you will get earth thrown in. If you aim at earth, you will get neither. So what Lewis is saying is that it's possible to multitask. We can be multitaskers. We're called to be multitaskers. In fact, if we actually understand what it really means to be heavenly minded, if we really understand what that means, then we will be of significant earthly good. And I think that's the problem, is that oftentimes we just haven't really understood what it means to be heavenly minded. It doesn't mean to have just some sort of pie-in-the-sky theology where the, everything will just turn out okay and we do whatever we want to do. It doesn't mean to have a pious nose up in the clouds always looking around, somehow hovering over the troubles of the world. And it certainly doesn't mean that we aren't called to be stewards of this earth because God's going to destroy it anyway. We should know what it means to be heavenly minded because the truth is we pray about this multitasking responsibility every single week. We pray it every week in here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know that part, right? That's the prayer. We are to pray that God's kingdom would come and God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to bring heaven to earth. We are called to embody the love and mercy of Jesus in everything that we do. When people see us, when people interact with us, they should catch a glimpse of this life to come, which means they should catch a glimpse of God. The church, this community of Jesus followers, we really are to be a foretaste of heaven because heaven isn't about escapism. 
That's not what heaven is about. Heaven is about the rule and the reign of God. That it's God's world as God really actually intends it to be. And the saints of God, they are the ones who give us a glimpse. They give us a glimpse of what God's world is really like. How God intends the world to be. Now you know as well as I do that when we call someone a saint, we are not saying they are perfect, right? That's not what we mean when we use that theological language of the church. It doesn't mean you're perfect because if that were the criteria to be a saint of God, well then we would have no saints of God, right? None of us are perfect. That's not what we mean. When we call someone a saint of God, what we really mean is that they are a reflection of God. They are a reflection of God's goodness and God's mercy. Saints are a reminder to us that the world as it is doesn't always have to be as it is. That there is another world that God intends to be. And these texts from Revelation and from John, they both remind us of the brokenness of this world. They both remind us that if we look around, it's real clear we can see that the world isn't how God intends it to be, which is why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven because it's not, because the world is broken. And these two texts from Revelation and John, they remind us specifically about the pain of death. And you don't need me to tell you how hard that pain is because if you've lived longer than five minutes, you know. You know that life is hard and that death is especially hard. And even though Jesus performs this miraculous sign here in John, which is the last actually here in John, the seventh and final sign in John of raising Lazarus from the dead, guess what? He still weeps for his friend. Yes, it is a miraculous raising of the dead, and yet Jesus still weeps for his friend. Oftentimes we think of this as a sign of Jesus' humanity, but I would say actually it is also a sign of his divinity because God is not some unmoved mover. God is not far away. God is not removed. God is with us, and in being with us, God weeps with us. God weeps with us. And it is okay to weep. It is okay to mourn. Not only is it okay, it's necessary. It's how we've been created. When we love people, we mourn, we grieve. And God grieves with us and weeps with us because God is not removed from us, which means that heaven is not removed from us. There are glimpses of it all around us even in the midst of the mourning and the grieving and the weeping 
And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to see what is right in front of you. Sometimes it is so hard to see that which is right in front of us. Let's take a look around in this room. Take a look around. And you will see these brothers and sisters, this community of believers. And when I look around and I see you, I am reminded that I am not alone. I don't go through this world just on my own, but God journeys with me. And one of the most significant ways that God does that is through you, through the people you love, through your family, through your friends. Yes, the incarnation was a unique event, and it happened just once in Jesus. He fully revealed God to us. It's unique. And yet, on the other hand, the incarnation happens all the time if you just open your eyes. That's what the Matthew 25 text is about, if you remember that text, right? Whatever you did, the least of these, you did it under Jesus. When you open your eyes, you could see that there is more there is more to life than what is right in front of you. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are so grateful for those saints who have shown your love to us. For the saints that sustain us during hard times, reminding us that we are not alone, but that you are with us. We thank you for the beauty of this earth. We thank you for the beauty of life. For this world is enchanted. Your spirit, O oh Lord, is with us. Renew us. Fill us with your hope. Give us your peace so that we might be the people that you already know us to be. People created in your image. People created to shower your glory over all the earth. And also people we know who are incapable of doing that. We know that we can't do that, O oh Lord, on our own. We know that it is only through your good and faithful spirit. So help us to trust in your ways. Help us to trust that your way really is the way that leads to life. And may that life and may that healing and may that hope be with this world and especially the ones that we name aloud this morning. And I invite you to offer names of those who need God's healing and hope. For those of you joining us online, you may unmute yourself and offer names aloud. We pray all of these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us how to live and how to love and even how to die. The one who has taught us how to pray. Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, art in heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy, thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we sing our hymn of response, hymn 645.
On the back of your bulletin today, you have another opportunity for a November mission focus, and it's called Operation Christmas Child. To me, it's a very simple mission to do. You pick up a box on the way out, you look inside the box, there's a brochure, it tells you what to include, and it tells you not what to include. Um, we live right down from a Dollar General, a Dollar Tree, and you can fill this box with probably about $20. These boxes go to children who have no Christmas. And for those of us who have children, we can't even imagine that, having no Christmas because our children have what they need. Not necessarily what they want, but have they need. So I asked you on your way out today, if you will pick up a shoebox right out here, and if you will fill it. You have two weeks, you can bring it back next Sunday or the next Sunday. Um, the ones on the table are plastic shoeboxes, but we do have paper ones that you can, if we run out of the plastic, which I hope we do. So if you can find it in your heart to fill a shoebox this year, please do so. If only the preacher could be that concise. <laughs> Thank you for that, those thorough and concise instructions. Um, it's been wonderful to worship with you this morning. We have another opportunity to be together this afternoon, and we have forecasted a high of sunny and 63 at 4 o'clock. What better way to enjoy the day than to join us in the back of the church parking lot for hot dogs and hamburgers and some trimmings and we'll have some cornhole and some other opportunities to have fun and mainly just to be together and to share a meal together. So uh, I hope you can join us from 4 to 6-ish. I know it'll be starting to be dark by then, but Come at four and, and, and have time to be together with each other. Also, another opportunity to be together uh, in person for Sunday school, something we haven't done in a really, really long time. Um, November the 21st, we will begin in-person Sunday school, and we hope to see you there. Uh, the numbers, we, we kind of picked the threshold that the CDC had recommended and called, you know, high transmission and we were wanting to get under that transmission and we dip under it and then we dip back out of it and dip under it and but in general the transmission is way down from what it was of a hive maybe six weeks ago or so so we feel good about uh, opening up Sunday school on November 21st and I'm grateful to share that news with you thank you for being here thank you for worshiping together thank you for being a part of this community of faith Let's stand now for our benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord, and as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days.